Hello, and welcome to the Thanksgiving week edition of the OK Preps Extra Podcast. It's Monday, uh, November 21st. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by our high school writers, Barry Lewis and Dean Rule. Uh, guys, we got some really great games this Friday to jump into, but first, let's recap last week a little bit. Uh, Barry, the, your biggest takeaway from last week's playoff games was what? Was Jenks pulling off arguably its greatest fourth over fourth quarter comeback and its long and storied tradition tradition rich football history. I mean, of all the state championships they've won, I mean, as far as like a total fourth quarter comeback, I'm not saying there've been. Um, I mean, it was as dramatic a finish as you could expect, and they've had some other great dramatic final seconds of games and playoffs. But as far as just a total fourth quarter comeback, that's it. That's number one in Jinx history as far as I'm concerned. So that's my takeaway, as well as McGinnis beating Kawita. It's like Kawita had such a great season, but uh, you could see that one coming a mile away. McGinnis with all the playoff tradition and all the experience, and Kawita just doesn't have that. And so it wasn't surprising that McGinnis came away with the victory, a hard-fought 35-28 win. Real quick, Barry, uh, tell us the jinx kid who blocked the kick that would have sent it to OT. Uh, well, Dean would tell you more about that. It, uh, the thing is, this is the second time in three weeks they've had a huge win blocking um, a, a, a kick at the end of the game to to win the game, to walk off with the win. And uh, the same player was involved both times, Dean. Yeah, so to, to explain that setup a little bit, that final uh, Mustang offensive drive, Sam Stone looks like he's got an interception. Ball gets tipped around midfield, and it looks like Sam Stone intercepts this. Referees come in, discuss a little bit, say, no, it hit the ground. Mustang, uh, you know, leans on Jacoby Johnson because he's Jacoby Johnson. They get it down inside the 10. Four seconds left. This game looks ready to go to overtime. Final snap. Ball's a little high, but but nothing too crazy. Set up, all of a sudden, Milton White just opens this hole for, for Jinx. And uh, Hudson Ball and Ashton Cunningham both shoot back there, both dive out, and that ball gets uh, knocked out. I believe it was Hudson Ball. Hudson Ball says it was him. Keith Riggs said it was Ashton Cunningham. So one of the two were the ones responsible for that uh, for that blocked, uh, blocked field goal. Maybe give a half point to each there because it was close. I'll say that. It was one of the two, that's for sure. Yeah, Ashton was uh, the one who blocked the kick to end the Broken Arrow game. Yeah. So um, you talk about, wow, two of the greatest victories, non-championship game victories in Jinx history, not involving Union, um, <laughs> happened in a span of three weeks. And Ashton Cunningham, or three or four weeks, and Ashton Cunningham has blocked kicks <laughs> Are is part of a block kick at the end of each game. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, what what a span, you know, what a past three or four weeks it's been for Jenks. Um, you know, even if they don't wind up winning a state title, this has been a special run for Jenks. Uh, I mean, I, I told you, me, Barry, me and you talked last night, and I said, hey, by the end of that third quarter, my story was pretty much written and ready to be published. You know, Ike Owens was struggling. The, the Jinx offense couldn't really move the ball down the field. The Mustang defense was just sending the house all the time, and they were getting to Ike Owens. And then 
12 minutes later and 22 points later, Jinx came out with a win, and 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 they're setting up for another on paper another all time classic game this week. I think. Yeah, Mustang is up by nineteen going into the fourth quarter. I mean, that's and that's what is so incredible. Nineteen points, and I think Keith Riggs's decision at the start of the fourth quarter because not many coaches would have done this. You know, you needed three scores to have a chance, and so he goes. Attempts sent out Andrew Purcell to kick a 52 yard field goal. You know, and so most coaches would just say, try to go get a touchdown at that point, even though it's fourth and long. But um, Keith Riggs, I love that out of the box thinking, hey, we got to get three scores. So why not get the field goal now? And uh, that really, I mean, that was a huge play, a huge call in that comeback. When you've got a kid, when you got a 17, 18-year-old who can drill a 52-yarder on a 20-degree night, yeah, I'd say use him. <laughs> yeah, great, great, great win for Jinx. My, uh, I had some of my family members texting me during that game saying, ah, it doesn't look, doesn't look good, doesn't, you know, it's looking bad, da-da-da, then, then there you go. Uh, all right, guys, let's uh, let's move ahead to this week where Jinx will yet again be involved in what we think will be a, a, a great game. Um, but what do you guys think? Let's start there. Jinx Bixby, 1 o'clock Friday. Uh, it's at Broken Arrow High School, 6A1 semifinals. Uh, Barry, once you start, and then Dean will get your thoughts on the game. Well, I think um... – I mean, it's been a great run, as we talked about, uh, for Jenks, but I don't see it continuing past this Friday. Although, again, as I say, it's sort of like the same with the Bill Blankenship coach team. I'm never going to discount Jenks, um, you know, say they've got no chance of winning. I'm never going to say that, but I would just say that uh, I would give Bixby a 90% chance of winning, even though Jenks won uh defeated Bixby, ended their 58-game winning streak earlier this month. I just can't see Bixby losing twice to Jenks in a month. I mean, that would be mind-blowing. Again, if anyone could do it, it would be Jenks, but just can't see it happening. I mean, Bixby showed you what they're made out of. They came out on fire last week and ripped <laughs> Enid 63 to nothing. Bixby looked like it's back to being Bixby, and that Bixby is the juggernaut. Think they'll, they've got things figured out. They can learn a lot from that first Jinx game, and you know they won't be looking past them at all. They're going to be so fired up. And also, from a Jinx standpoint, that game last week, the emotions in that game, that's got to take a lot out of you. I mean, wow. How? I mean, that was an incredible effort by them, and now you've got to get it geared back up to play Jinx. I mean, to play Bixby in this holiday week, that's asking a lot. Again, if anyone could do it, I would say it would be Jenks, but just don't see it happening. Dean, what do you think? How are you seeing this one? Yeah, so I think Barry makes the right points. I think we get to different conclusions, though. I agree on, hey, beating the same team twice in the same year is a hard feat at any level. High school, I mean, just look at last year. As somebody who covered Oklahoma State, you know, hey, they they pretty much rolled Baylor in the regular season, but when Big 12 championship game came, you know, they couldn't do it. You see it in the NFL all the time when against these divisional opponents. It's a hard thing to do to be able to beat a team twice. Um, but to Barry's point about the emotions, and, and yeah, that's going to be a, a mentally draining game that you just played against Mustang. 
and the or two weeks before that, it's going to be mentally draining when you snap Bixby's win streak. But what Jinx somewhat reminds me of, and Barry, I think you're going to get where I'm going with this, is they give me the kind of 2011 St. Louis Cardinals vibe. <laughs> they have all these injuries during the season. They're kind of they're they're able to keep winning, but but they're kind of just down there, and then. You start getting momentum and you start getting these big emotional wins. And what did the Cardinals do that year? They went on to win the World Series. Now I know baseball and football are completely different things here. But Jinx just has that feeling to me right now is, hey, they're the only team that's been able to do this. They're the only team that's been able to beat Bixby in however many years. It's going to be hard to do it again, but it almost feels like a team of destiny. And now I don't want to be bulletin board material for Bixby because let's not forget, like you say, Barry, this is Bixby. They know how to do this, and they've done it. They've done an incredible job moving up to 6A1 this year. But just to play devil's advocate here and, and make a, a, a separate point, I think Jinx, if anybody's going to do it, it's them. Well, I, I love the baseball analogy, Dean, especially the 2011 Cardinals. I love that. And I could see that, you know, and we said going into the Mustang game, the Jinx is playing as well as anybody. So they definitely got that going with them. They've got incredible momentum and they know the blueprint to defeating Bixby. All they have to do is follow that same blueprint this time around against Bixby again. And that is shorten, shorten the game uh, by being able to run the ball and don't give the ball away. Don't commit penalties. You do those things. Got a, you've got a good shot. Mary, okay, what you just said that, you know, Jinx is playing as well as anybody, what are they doing now that they weren't doing earlier? For the most part, they're healthier. Yeah. I mean, so many key players. And Ike Owens is also playing at a, at a very high level. You know, part of that is because they are healthier because he's got more support with them. I mean, when they were without Ty Walls earlier in the season, that was a huge loss. Very valuable player, both sides of the ball. and. Um, you know, big time receiver. Um, and also um, earlier in the season, um, Milton White, who Dean mentioned, who, uh, he was um, he was sidelined with injuries. They just had so many injuries earlier in the year. And uh, adding Maddox Gilkey on the line uh, coming over from Union at midseason, that was that was a big help. I mean, he's a really good player. So just getting all these players healthier. And um, th I think that is the biggest difference for Jenks because Ike Owens now has more support and he's playing with a very high level of confidence. And he's also got, you know, gain he's gained a lot of experience. You yeah. know, he's they learned from their tough lessons earlier in the year. Yeah. All right, let's stay in 6A1. This game will be 7 o'clock Friday, also at uh, Broken Arrow High School. Uh, kind of a, a, a surging Owasso team, maybe is, is fair to say, uh, against undefeated Union. Uh, Barry, how you seeing this one? Owasso is a great story. Wow. Um, as I said, never discount a Bill Blankenship coach team. <laughs> There's a reason why he's won so many state titles, won so many big games throughout the years, both at the college and in high school levels. In Owasso, they looked like they were going to crater at midseason, one and four. And then without Cole Adams, without Emery Neely, an outstanding running back. And yet they just get it together. I mean, they grind out seven wins in a row to get to this spot. I mean, what an effort 
Mason Willingham, he's playing at a bit, sort of like Ike Owens. I look at them, you know, they both, it was tough sledding for them early in the year, but uh, second half of the year, they both played really great, sort of under the radar. Like, um, so Mason, uh, he's, because he really, you look at, you wonder how they're doing on offense. It, Mason can run it. He can pass it. Uh, and they're just playing great, really good team complimentary football. And so it's a great story. They also got helped out a little bit last week. And the fact that Norman North was, was out, it's great quarterback, six killer. Um, but still, kudos to Owasso to go in, on the road and winning like that, winning seven in a row. Um, but I think it will probably, their season probably is going to end against Union. Um, Union, again, playing at an extremely high level all year long. Shaker Isaac is just so, their quarterback, just so consistent every week. He knows what it's like to, to win a state title. You can't say that about many sophomore quarterbacks, but he's been there, done that last year with Jenks. And he's playing incredibly high level. Geno Boyd is the hottest receiver in the state. And then you've got Grayson Tempest there. And then you've got the best running back, uh, one of the best running backs around, DJ McKinney. Great secondary. Union just looks, I think Union is uh, too tough of a task for Owasso this week. Although I think Owasso, just like when they met early in the season, is going to hang around and make it tough. But I just think in the end, Union's too much. Dean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think Barry hit that um, hit that perfectly. When I cheated a little bit. I talked to Barry last night, so we, we kind of know what we're all thinking here. Um, but something I, I thought when, when I was chatting with him last night was, hey, when Cole Adams gets burnt, gets hurt in that first week, did we think Owasso was even going to be here at this point in the season? And Barry, yes, he makes the point, you know, it's a Bill Blankenship team, don't ever count him out. That is very true. But to me, you know, they've exceeded expectations already. They've gotten to the semifinal round. You could, you obviously can say that they were going to make the playoffs the whole time, and I wouldn't doubt you on that. But to get to this level, you know, th that's a they've exceeded expectations in playing without Cole Adams because he's the number one player in the state, arguably the number one player in the state. Um, so just for that, I think this is a win for a Wasser to, to get here and. Hey, if they if they pull off some magic and, and they're able to upset Union, then it's almost kind of like Jinx. It's hey, you know, defying expectations, a team of destiny. That gets thrown around a little bit too much in this day and age of a team of destiny. But hey, when you look at this the situation and, and the the mountains they've had to overcome, you've got to be happy if you're an Owasso fan and, and seeing this and, and enjoying this ride. Because like Barry says, hey, Mason Willingham is playing great right now he's not just their quarterback he's their running back pretty much with, with the amount that they let him run and and it's just week in and week out whenever we're, you're reading the story about what Owasso did on Friday night Mason Willingham is always going to be the focus of that story and, and and for that I think it's it's great for the Rams let's drop down to 5A real quick guys we're uh in the final rankings Grove Barry uh moved them to number one uh, in the rankings, they've been kind of on a roll lately. Uh, they've got Midwest City Carl Albert on Saturday, 7 o'clock. Barry, where is that game? That's at Owasso. Well, that's right. That's right. It's in Owasso. Okay. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Barry, how are you seeing that one uh, breaking down? You've seen Grove 
uh, a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Yes, uh, Grove, of course, very impressive. Emmanuel Crawford, again, he's would be, if the State Player of the Year was awarded right now, if we were, uh, the Tulsa World was awarding it right now, Emmanuel Crawford would be my pick. But there are a couple. There are a couple of weeks of playoffs left, so <laughs> it's still open. Emmanuel's got to keep doing it. But uh, uh, but he is an incredible talent. Uh, the key to any team to beating Grove is obviously to be able to contain Emmanuel Crawford. They've had two close calls this year in both situations. He was held in check pretty well, at least until late in the game. And that kept those games in doubt until the very end. Um, last week, Emmanuel only put that in quotation marks, only had 179 rushing yards. <laughs> so uh, although a good chunk of that was like in the last um, last six minutes of the game uh, when it was just a one point game and he helped uh, give them some separation with the late a couple late big late runs. So you got to play 48 minutes against Emmanuel Crawford and Grove in order to beat them. However, if there's any team equipped to beat Grove, it's Midwest City, Carl Albert. I mean, the tradition, um, they know what it's like to win a state title. They won five of them in the last, in the previous six years. Um, so that makes this a very intriguing matchup. Grove's never won the gold ball. So you've got that contrast there. And uh, Carl Albert, it's going to be really tough for Grove to beat. But, of course, I'll say the same thing. Grove's going to be tough for Carl Albert to beat, so that's going to make for a great game at Owasso on Saturday night. Dean, how are you seeing this one? Yeah, I agree. This is this is going to be – I'll say this uh, just in hopes that uh, more – I don't get, you know, my house egged by, by some more Grove uh, fans. I think Grove does come out with the win here. Um the Emmanuel Crawford's is playing how he always plays. And, and hey, let's not discredit um, what Carson Trimble's done for that team, Barry. You know, he's a great quarterback, and, and he often gets overshadowed by Emmanuel Crawford and what he does. Um, but he's able to – he's capable of making big plays and, and really fueling that offense when, hey, maybe uh, Crawford's getting bottled up a little bit. Maybe maybe they're, they're figuring out how to stop him. Carson Trimble is able to just come in and, and make the plays needed to win games. And for that reason, I, I give Grove the slight edge here over Carl Albert. But like you said, Barry, especially at this point in the playoffs, history and tradition in a, in a winning way is always worth something. And when you've got Carl Albert, like you said, five of the past six, that's what's needed to beat a team like Grove to have that kind of background. But I still give Grove the slight edge here. Guys, who should be on upset watch uh, this week? Dean, let's let's stay with you on this, and then we'll go to Barry. Who, who should be on upset watch? Oh, no. I, I don't want to put it out there. But I think if anybody's going to beat Cushing, Elk City's got a pretty decent chance. You know, Cushing is undefeated, and, and they've rolled, you know. I always remember them shutting out Wagner uh, back in October. But, hey, Elk City's 11-1. There, there's no reason to, to say they couldn't pull this off. Um, I say that, and who, who knows? Cushing's probably going to win by sixty now, but that that's when I that's when I think to 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 keep a little bit of an eye on. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll say Cushing 
could could maybe run us into some trouble with Elk City, who I think is a very underrated team. Barry, upset watch to you. I know at this time of the year, when I look at the matchups this week, there's so many evenly matched matchups. So it's really hard. That makes it hard to really find a big upset. Um, and, you know, if you, though, if we're in the Oklahoma City area, I think they would be taking it for granted. Millwood would uh, easily beat Claremore Sequoia in 2A. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to say, hey, look out for Claremore Sequoia. They, they're really impressive. Big win last week at Eufaula. So I'm going to say, again, this is like a number two versus three matchup. So it's not like some huge upset in my mind. But I think a lot of people in Oklahoma City would be stunned by Claremore Sequoia beating Millwood. And um, I'd also say along those lines, uh, Vertigris and Heritage Hall, I think in Oklahoma City, they wouldn't expect. I mean, they're thinking they're already putting Heritage Hall in the championship game. But, uh, hey, Vertigris is tough. So uh, I think those are the two games as far as upset watch that I'm going with. Barry, let's give a shout out to uh, our student picker in the playoffs, Ella Drake uh, from Regent Prep. We were talking about her a little bit before we went live here. Um, won't you just share a little bit of, about how good her picks have been recently? Yes. Um, she was 13-2 and two last week, beat me last week. <laughs> so kudos to her. And she's um, picked one week in the regular season. She's 13 and two that week too, which helped get her um, the consideration to be the, uh, the student picker throughout the playoffs, which we annually do. We usually uh, take one of the best student pickers uh, from the regular season and have them do the playoff picks. So that's how she got that. And so she's uh, for the season, she's got 80% of her picks correct. I mean, the student pickers as a whole were better than they've ever been at least in recent years this year. And she certainly got a great record herself uh, through her first three weeks of picking. And she also had a great volleyball season. More importantly, uh, she's an outstanding volleyball athlete as well. So it's been great to have her as our student picker in the playoffs. And we will continue to have her through the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, volleyball is her day job. And she's uh, she's she's pretty good at that too. Um, Guys, real quick, uh, tell us where you're going to be uh, this weekend. Barry, where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be uh, at Broken Arrow all day on um, Friday, so that'll be uh, that'll be good. Love, I'm love the opportunity to see both six A one semifinals. That's great. Uh, it's it's a rarity to get to do that, so looking forward to that. And then on Saturday night, I'll be watching McAllister and McGinnis. And you'll have Bill Haston with you on Friday night at both games? Yes. All right. Dean, weekend plans? I'm going up to uh, Ponca City for some Deer Creek and uh, Stillwater action. Very nice. What day is that? That's Friday night. Do anything Saturday? Saturday I will be at uh, Boone Pickens Stadium. Of course. Coverage. That's right. Uh, that's right. All right, guys, anything else we need to get to uh, before we go before we go to some final thoughts? Uh, I I just uh, encourage everyone to go watch high school football on Friday uh, and or Saturday. A lot of great matchups as uh, 
the games are running out. <laughs> this is, uh, um, we only have a couple of weeks left, really. Um, you know, we've got the six championship games, state championship games next week, and then we've got three the following week. So um, the high school football season's almost over. So get out and attend a game while you've got a chance. I'll tell you what, the Bixby Jinx game is a gift at one o'clock on a Friday, you know, ass assuming that a lot of people are going to be off for the Thanksgiving holiday. So it doesn't, you know, it's early, doesn't, you know, it's just, that's, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, Broken Arrow's in a really nice place to have, uh, uh, to have these games too. Yeah, absolutely. Dean, how about final thoughts from you? You know, I, I want to point out the, uh, the weather we've been having and, and kind of the, there's some kids who showed some grit out there in the 20 degree weather on a Friday night when you got some snow, you got it's windy, and you don't half these kids don't even put on the big the big uh, puffer jackets on the sideline. They grind it out, and uh, I think that's really impressive. And and these kids love it, and uh, they're fighting through it because when it's the wind chill has you down at about 19 degrees, and you're trailing by 19 points, it's very easy to give up if you're jinx in that situation. But they didn't. And uh, I thought that was very impressive of them. All right, guys, let's leave it there for now. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us and giving us a listen. You can download us for free at Google, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, we come at you every week, usually on a Monday. So, guys, uh, have a good week. Happy holidays, and we'll catch up next Monday. All right, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.